0: Hi, my name is Nikki and welcome to Quick Picks, a reader's advisory podcast for all kinds of media available at the library. If you want suggestions on what to try next, we're here to help. With big holiday meals coming up for many of us, maybe you're inviting a loved one who's a vegetarian or a vegan. Or maybe you want to shift towards more meatless meals, or taking a step further down the meatless path, or even if you're already a vegetarian or vegan and just want some other resources. My coworker Steve has a plethora of information, and we've tried to capture a decent condensed version here for you. He not only has resources, but great suggestions and personal experience. And now I really want a cashew grilled cheese. Keep listening to find out why. Hi, Steve. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to to doing this one.
0: Yeah, this is uh, right up your alley. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my
1: name's Steve. Uh, I left this out the last time we did this, but my pronouns are uh, he and them, they, them. And uh, we're going to talk about cookbooks today, um, which I'm really excited to do because they're like my special brand of cookbooks. We're not just going to talk about, you know, the regular cookbook you'd pick up anywhere. We're going to talk about specialty stuff and we're going to talk about vegan cookbooks. I have been vegan for like nine and a half years now. Wow, uh, I, I was vegetarian for a while and then I went vegan before I went off to grad school the first time. Uh, it kind of seemed like a good transition time to, to do that. I was moving across the country and it just, it felt like the right time to make that step from vegetarian to vegan. I went vegan because I love animals. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, there's all these, oh, it's healthy and all that kind of stuff. And like we talked about last time, it's so much better for the environment to eat a plant-based diet. Right. Uh, those things weren't at the forefront of my mind nine and a half years ago. It was just the, well, I really like animals and I eat vegetarian, but that's not really good enough anymore so it's been 9 years i cannot imagine doing anything different um i don't miss anything anymore i don't even remember what the taste of some of that stuff was some of it i never even liked to begin with <laughs> so this is a completely natural and normal thing for me by this point in time i can never see myself doing anything other
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to talk about vegan and vegetarian cookbooks, um, specifically vegan, because that's your area of expertise. And I thought it would be really timely to present this because a lot of us are thinking about holiday meal prep and accommodating people who are vegetarian or vegan at the dinner table, and also trying to come up with alternative ways to feed your family healthy and well, and still have a great, satisfying meal. And what better way than to get it from a person who has been eating this way forever and knows what's good and what's not good. Cause we can just pick up a a cookbook and, you know, the, the writers always say these are wonderful, delicious, wonderful, delicious, and you don't know that for sure. So it's really nice to have a personal Recommendation on recipes and cookbooks if somebody wants to move forward and give up meats and animal products.
1: The first piece of advice I have, especially when it comes to cooking stuff for the holidays, is to get a cookbook called "The Super Fun Times Vegan Holiday Cookbook" by. That sounds fun. <laughs> it's it's wonderful uh, by Isa Chandra Moskowitz. Um, who is probably my favorite vegan cookbook author. I highly recommend her work. She has a lot of really great looking recipes in all of her cookbooks. She's a fun follow on the social media channels. Um, She runs a restaurant in Omaha and in Brooklyn. Um, So she kind of shows, lives in Omaha now, originally from Brooklyn.
0: Ah, okay. Um,
1: (laughs) So, you know- Old home, new home, and yeah. So her the cookbook's all about like holiday recipes. So I find that to be like a really great resource if you're trying to make stuff that is you know very specific to well this is a Thanksgiving meal, so we have to make something that would fit for a Thanksgiving meal, or Christmas or New Year's or you know if you're very stuck on this has to match that meal. What we traditionally have that's a great resource, but the flip side would be, don't just think about, okay, well, how do I replace turkey with something that's like turkey? Think about all the sides that you have for Thanksgiving, stuff with like green beans, mashed potatoes, stuff with cranberries, I mean, sweet potatoes, that's all, that stuff. Stuff.
0: That's yeah, all that
1: stuff. Yeah, all that stuff was so prevalent at all of my, And you'd make make those be your meal. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to have something that's trying to be turkey. You don't have to have something that's trying to be meat uh, to be able to have a, a vegan meal. So that's, that's one of my big recommendations. And I guess I'll use that as a jump. I've got to talk about the cookbooks we have in the library at some point in time. And uh, one of them that I just grabbed and flipped through the other day uh, is by bryant terry it's called vegetable kingdom i don't know why i'm showing it to you because this is going to be a podcast and nobody else can see it <laughs> I, I i will try to refrain from holding up the good looking pictures as well i appreciate
0: um, it because i make faces you know I'll, i nod and i make faces and i'm like that doesn't translate you gotta say something <laughs> one of the
1: really cool things about Brian terry's cookbook here is it is arranged by vegetable types. Ooh. Um, a lot of, you see a lot of cookbooks and they're very specific. Here are br- like brunch and breakfast kind of options. Here are sides, here are pastas, here are salads, here are soups, here are, you know, big elaborate dinners you cook in the the oven. Um, and it, it goes kind of like in that order. I like this because this goes by like the different kind of like vegetable types so he starts with like seeds so you have beans peas sweet corn he has a chapter on leaves so he talks about stuff you can do with cabbage or spinach uh i like that there's a chapter called fungi so all the different things you can do with mushrooms uh which is really cool tubers which is a big one in my home because that includes potatoes and sweet potatoes. And those are definitely staples uh, when it comes to cooking. (laughs) For sure. um, He has a chapter that has like the fruits, peppers, summer squashes, winter squashes. Squash is a big thing that we do now. The the Winter squashes, we make a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I really like the way that this is, laid out and it's very vegetable heavy it's not exactly trying to be you know too much of like well you miss having a hamburger so here's a vegan hamburger or you know something like that it's very built on how do you make all of this stuff with vegetables
0: I hate vegetables that try to be meat it just makes me angry You cannot turn a cauliflower into a steak, no matter what you put on it, I don't care. It's not the same. If you're gonna eat vegetables, eat vegetables. (laughs) And I like that it's arranged too by vegetable type because that enables people to eat by the season. So whatever's in season right now, tubers, winter squash, things like that, you can flip right to that part and find recipes for those things. That's great, I like that. Yeah, that's that's
1: been a big thing that we've been doing. We've been doing a a CSA this year where we pick up different uh, from a farm, pick up different veggies every other week. And it's very much followed the seasons like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, earlier in the summer, we were getting lots of uh, zucchini and cucumber, uh, lots of greens, lots of heads of lettuce. And, you know, we're cooking with the stuff that we have. We've started getting more squashes now Um, some potatoes. And so we're cooking, you know, based on, on that stuff that we get. And it's a really cool way to kind of plan your, your meals, knowing that, okay, we're going to get all these cool new veggies this week. Let's figure out what we want to do with them. And there's stuff that never would have bought from the store. Uh, We got a kohlrabi, never would have bought a kohlrabi from the store if we didn't get it in the uh, the CSA. Uh, got some fennel never would have probably never would have bought fennel from the store if it didn't come in there. Um, I was excited to get some eggplant because eggplants a thing that I never remember to like buy or, or cook. So we got eggplants earlier in the summer and it was it was great. so that's a really a, another really good way is just kind of like force yourself to buy the the vegetables that are in season and in, you know doing stuff with like a farmer's market is a really great way to kind of follow that same pattern.
0: Mm -hmm. And for, for anybody who doesn't know what a CSA is, that's community supported agriculture. So you pay in a certain amount to the farm and then every interval, whether it's week or every other week or whatever, you pick up a box or a crate or whatever of whatever they have harvested. So essentially you're funding their farm and they're giving you the yield divided up by all the people who are part of it and whatever they grow, you get. So sometimes you get herbs and all kinds of other fun stuff and vegetables. I, when I did the CSA, I got things that I didn't even know what they were. And I had to look it up (laughs) and try and figure out what what do I do with this thing? And so it really helps you to step outside of your comfort zone. And I think that that's fantastic. If you have that option, I highly recommend a CSA.
1: My partner gets the emails because she signed up and, and paid for it. So there will be days I'm unpacking the veggies and I'll just walk over them. Like,
0: what is this? Right.
1: <laughs> how do I store this? Because you want to, <laughs> you want, that's the other thing is you want to figure out how do you store them until you use them you can't cook a giant bag full of vegetables in one night you right. want to let it last for a little while
0: sure sure and some you fridge and some you don't and yeah you got to know what you're dealing with yep. yeah and that's i think that's part of the fun thing about switching to vegetarian or vegan either meals or going through that lifestyle is that it really makes you take a look at things that you didn't consider food before And introduce them into your, your everyday diet. I
1: was a really picky eater when I was a kid. And when I went vegan, the amount of food that I ate just went wild. It's so much. I started eating so many more things that I would not have touched before I went vegan. And I think a lot of people would expect it to be the opposite Mm -hmm. when you say, okay, I'm going to put, you know, this big restriction on my diet. Any animal product is going to be excluded from my diet. And people, I always find it very interesting, I guess, maybe that's not the right word. I find it funny when people ask me, what do you eat? Like they can't conceive (laughs) of meals that don't include some kind of animal products. It's just baffling. Yeah, to me. And, and maybe this is from the distance of I've been doing this for almost a decade now is what do I
0: what do I eat? What do you mean? What do I eat? <laughs> um, yeah, I think a lot of I think people are starting to come around to it. I think there are more products that are out there that are for, you know, this type of a diet. I also know that 15 years ago, I dated someone who was a vegetarian and it was really, really hard when we traveled, if we went outside of an urban area to find a restaurant that served vegetarian meals. And at one point we were in South Dakota and I asked, do you have anything vegetarian on the menu? And they laughed at me. They said, this is cattle country. We don't do that here, (laughs) but I, it's a lot different now. People are doing it, not just for the animals and the environment, they're really changing their lifestyle and finding how much they can get out of eating a plant-based diet. And that's pretty amazing.
1: I had the same thing happen in North Dakota when I stopped yeah. at one of like the uh, tourist centers to, to ask for uh, recommendations for a place to grab dinner. When I, I, I was a vegetarian at the time and I, I mentioned that and it's like, huh, I don't think we've ever had that before. <laughs> Like they've never had anybody ask about where do you get a vegetarian meal in this town?
0: Yeah, I felt bad. My, my ex, he was just eating French fries most of the time, <laughs> places we went, a salad and French fries. And that just doesn't seem like enough to sustain somebody. <laughs> uh,
1: so I suppose since I've mentioned her, I will kind of continue on the theme of Issa's cookbooks, this one called Isa Does It was one of the first vegan cookbooks that I got. And this was a really great uh, way for me to kind of like learn to cook vegan. This one and one called Vegan Yum Yum by Lauren Ulm, U uh, L M, were two of the first like vegan cookbooks that I got and really kind of like taught me what I like making vegan. Oh, this is so cool. I can make this I can make that look at all these delicious looking food in these pictures Mm -hmm. um so I'm just flipping through some of the pages that I have bookmarked in uh this one here and there's uh edamame hummus and tofu wraps is one uh here's one it's like a noodle salad with pad thai noodles and cucumber and radishes with like a peanut dressing that's one that we make a lot pesto cauliflower pasta with tofu. Um, I suppose I should talk about tofu before going too much further because that's a thing that a lot of people are maybe gonna like get kind of cringy at. Tofu doesn't have its own taste. Tofu takes on the flavor of whatever you cook it with. So if you have bad tofu, It's not tofu's fault. It's your fault for cooking it that way. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest recommendation I can give with tofu is press all the water out of it. Tofu is like a block and it's a thick block, but when you press the water out of it, it gets smaller. And that water, all the water that's in there kind of like keeps it preventing from taking on that, that flavor. When I started doing this after I got comfortable making recipes. I had a lot of fun just like experimenting. And tofu scrambles are one of the best like experiments with like veggies and spices and stuff like that. Because you don't really have to prep the tofu. You just smash it all to pieces, throw it in there. You just cook a bunch of vegetables. You just add whatever spices you want on there. You can really add a it, and it's
0: a really great way to go. One of the, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think tofu scares people. And thank you for explaining that because I think it's it's one of the things that turns people off right away. They don't understand it. They just don't get it. So I guess when you think about chicken, chicken's not that great on its own. It's all the other things that we add to it. And how many times, I don't know, that I've eaten a hot dog in my life And it's not so much about the hot dog itself, it's about all the vegetables that go on top of it. And when you think about that, you could substitute that hot dog with just about anything and it would still taste pretty good. A lot of us, if we make that kind of a switch, it makes you realize how much you rely on spices and herbs and all the other things, the veggies that you throw in, the peppers and the onions and the garlic and all of that kind of stuff, how much flavor you rely on for that. And you could throw in tofu and not even not even know it.
1: One of the things that we make are carrot dogs. So it's like a carrot, seasoned carrot, and you, you cook it and have like a hot dog that way.
0: That's fantastic. I've got to try that.
1: Uh, one of the other uh, cookbooks that I want to highlight, because this is another one that we do have in our collection, uh, is another one of Isa's book. It's called I Can Cook Vegan. And I really like this one because this is a great starter cookbook. This is like the cookbook that would have been perfect for me, you know, nine years ago when I was just learning this stuff because it has a picture for every recipe. I can't stress enough how much how important it is to have pictures in your cookbook. Without pictures, you just flip right past it. It doesn't matter what it is. You're just going to be like, nope, not doing that. And the other thing that's really great about this one is it has a lot of these things that you think of as regular staples, but it veganizes them. So it has a mac and cheese recipe. You use cashews to make the cheese. Cashews are wonderful for making cheese. We do that a lot when we we make pizzas. We homemade the cheese to put on the pizza. Uh, with roasting and basically pulsing cashews into a cheese. Wow. It has a grilled cheese in here with the same idea, you know, using cashews. There's a recipe to make chili with beans and barley, you know, so you don't have to have, I don't know, what is it? Ground beef that goes into your chili. There is a recipe for for tacos uh, that use tofu on there instead of something else. Uh, sloppy Joes, which I feel is one of these like classic kid meat meals with mushrooms and beans. Wow. Uh, you, you can do jackfruit. That's another one of the ones that we do a lot is we yeah. use jackfruit to make, uh, you know, basically what would be a sloppy joe.
0: Where do you get so your jackfruit? It's, it's kind of harder to find. You don't see it like at Aldi, so. Uh,
1: we buy jackfruit, uh, it comes in cans. Okay. And we've gotten it at Whole Foods okay uh, It's with the rest of the, the canned fruits and the way we do it is we kind of like boil it on the, the stove in the water because it's packed in brine mm-hmm. so it's really uh, high in sodium and really salty mm. And when you boil it you kind of get some of that saltiness out of there and then you can cook it okay and it takes on you know the flavor of whatever you're you're cooking it with. If you do kind of miss, some of these meals, there are lots of alternatives you can, you can do to try to replicate them Mm -hmm. using things that aren't, you know, the animal that was used for the original meal.
0: What are some of your substitutes or your favorite substitutes? Cashews for cheese, I get anything else for cheese or eggs or, you know, butter. These are staples, I think in every household normally, and it's hard to give those up.
1: Yeah, Uh, so butter is, there are, I guess it's like margarine, I guess, Mm -hmm. Uh, but there are like brands that make vegetable-based butter. There actually is a cookbook called The One Hour Dairy-Free Cheese uh, by Claudio Lucero. And it just has all these, you know, fun different cheeses you can make.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah,
1: cooking eggs, Like as if you want like a meal that's like eggs, like I mentioned the tofu scramble earlier, Mm -hmm. that is something that kind of like replicates a meal. Uh, If you're baking, applesauce is something that's used a lot as an egg replacement. And that's not something that's hard to find. So that's like a really basic, you know, easy thing. You're not going to have to go to like a specialty store or chia seeds and water. And, you know, you mix that up and that kind of gets that viscosity that you need, but you know, yeah, applesauce will do the trick. Jackfruit is this ginormous, you know, like thick-skinned fruit that I have been told kind of takes on the taste and texture of like a pulled pork. Tempeh is uh, another soy-based thing, like like tofu that works really well. One of my favorites ones to cook with is seitan. Uh, tofu like I mentioned the pressing it takes a little bit more work but tempeh and seitan just go a lot quicker that's just stuff you can pull out packaged and freeze it uh, seitan is wheat gluten so it's the protein that's in wheat so if you eat gluten-free you don't want to do seitan because that's literally what that is <laughs> uh-huh. one author that we really like is Chloe Coscarelli Mm -hmm. Um, I really like her recipes. She has one cookbook that is all like Italian and I'm a sucker for stuff like pastas and pizzas and it's wonderful. Uh, Maybe not the healthiest one out there, but it's wonderful. So I, I, I really like her cookbooks. She has a lot of really good stuff. Another author that we use a lot of is Sam Turnbull. Uh, her, she has a website called It Doesn't Taste Like Chicken, and she has a YouTube uh, channel where she kind of like walks you through on making some of her recipes. Uh, one of our favorite ones out of this is uh, roasted butternut squash and purple squaw tacos. So it's like cabbage mm. um, and like cilantro, and, you know, you roast butternut
0: squash, and you have it as a taco. How she about has, it, you haven't mentioned any mentioned a lot of like entrees and sides. Do you have any particular desserts? Because that's, that's important to a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily then be able to use eggs and butter and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, So one of Sam Turnbull's cookbooks, she has a recipe for a mug cake. So it's a powder mixture and you basically make a cake, a little cake in a coffee mug, which I am kind of skeptical about, but my partner's really likes it. Going back to my favorite here, Issa and uh, another author, uh, Terry Hope Romero, who teamed up with on a great uh, old vegan cookbook called The Vegan Veganomicon. Uh, they also have kind of a series of dessert books. So this is Vegan Cupcakes Take Over the World. They have a pie one, they have one for cookies, One of the ones we make in here a lot are chai latte cupcakes that are delicious. Um, And that's a great thing for this time of year too. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, that's very much a fall kind of thing, but yeah, it's, it's nice having, you know, specific cookbooks like that, that are just desserts pretty much every cookbook you pick up and flip through, will have a section on desserts. Uh, One of, we made one of Chloe's, uh, cookie recipes, just like chocolate chip cookies, and we made the batter and then just kind of kept it in the freezer so we can make fresh cookies whenever we we want them. Another cookbook I want to give a shout out to, and this is another one that uh, if you want is easy to find online, is the Vegan Black Metal Chef. If you want kind of like a a humor with your cookbooks and your vegan cooking, it definitely applies because he does. Everything and he writes music and has full regalia and you know goes way into the act and it's wonderful. Uh, so he has a whole YouTube series as well. So if you think it's kind of dry, it's like oh, I just don't want. I want to re- get to read a recipe out of a cookbook and like that doesn't sound boring or that does sound boring. And you know it's just like oh, what do you mean I have to read? Uh, <laughs> yeah. There, there are great. Resources online, so you know he has his YouTube channel. The it doesn't taste like chicken. Uh, it has a YouTube channel. Those are all really great resources.
0: Well, that's a great list of books to get people started if they're interested in getting started, or if they're already in the lifestyle and maybe they want to find some new cookbooks and some new recipes. You've you've done a good job, and the planet thanks you. <laughs> as I try and move forward and eat more meatless meals it's it's an inspiration it's good to have you as a resource and it's good to have these books around
1: and I guess maybe that's a thing another thing to, to mention is that don't feel like you have to do all of this right away like you have to wake up tomorrow and be like okay I'm vegan from now on do stuff that works for you whether that's you know meatless mondays Whether that's no meat before like six o'clock or whatever, whether that's, you know, even just going like pescatarian or vegetarian or, you know, cutting certain things out, take the steps that work for you and then find what works for you too. You know, maybe, you know, you'll find if I sub this for that, that works out wonderfully. And, you know, that's kind of just be like a little thing that you do when you're cooking.
0: Well, thank you for being on the podcast again, Steve. Yeah, I it. Your personal expertise in this area. It's good to know someone who we can count on for this kind of science-y type information. So thanks for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you.
0: And now here's Nick with a suggestion from Libraries. Interested in learning a new language? Mango is an online language learning program that offers lessons on 72 different languages. After choosing a language, Mango presents you with a list of goals and topics you will cover in each lesson and then breaks down vocabulary, grammar, pronunciation, and culture into small, manageable pieces. Every learner's experience is unique and individualized as Mango adjusts to your learning pace, teaching until you feel confident with new words and phrases. Lessons involve a rich mix of listening and reading activities so you can make sense of written and spoken contexts with an emphasis on cultural context. Learning a new language has never been so easy for beginners. And that brings this episode of Quick Picks to a close. We hope you join us next time for more suggestions in different genres and maybe different media. My name is Nikki, and Quick Picks is coming to you from the Round Lake Area Public Library in Round Lake, Illinois. The end.